Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of The Differential, where we'll be talking about Fantasy Premier League throughout this entire season. Good picks, things to look out for, and all the general knowledge you might need to help you build your team and do exceptionally well, and hopefully win a couple prizes at the end. All right, everybody, let's get this show on the road. Welcome once again to The Differential, where we're going to talk about some of the best things you can do with your fantasy Premier League team this season. The season starts, thankfully, tomorrow, Saturday, being September 12th, where we're going to take a look and see if Liverpool can repeat, maybe hold on to that title. As a Manchester United fan, I certainly hope not, but we'll see. They did play very, very well last year. We also get to take a look at New Look Arsenal. They did make a couple nice signings in the offseason. Take a look at how Leeds is going to fare back up in the top flight after a few years away. Everybody else seems to be okay. I think the main person we have to look out for in game week one, though, is definitely going to be Chelsea. How are they going to fit all of their new signings into that lineup? Who's going to gel? Who's going to start? Who will get game time consistently. All of these things will factor in to who you should be picking and putting in your team week in and week out. Let's start on Saturday, September 12th, game week one. We'll talk about Arsenal. I think it makes the most sense to keep Aubameyang in the starting lineup for everybody. There are a couple people that are talking about even using the triple captain immediately game week one against Fulham. Will you have a better option to use it? I'm sure you will. But you could take a big gamble and see how it pays off. Fulham, if they're anything to go by from the last time they were in the Premier League, they might get walked all over. Especially with Arsenal strengthening a lot with their back line, they're less likely to give up goals, keep more clean sheets, and if Aubameyang and Lacazette start at the same time, it could be a lethal combination that will get you a lot of points. We'll see, though. I know myself, I have Aubameyang captained in my squad. I will not be using my triple captain, although I cannot lie to you, it is tempting. We'll also get a chance to look at Liverpool. We're going to see if they can retain their title this year. I personally don't think they will. There's a reason that people haven't repeated title-winning campaigns for every single year since the league has started except for Manchester City, and I don't like to talk about it. But I don't think Liverpool is going to be able to do it. I think if you go back and look at the Community Shield against Arsenal, there are some vulnerabilities there. We also need to see what Liverpool is going to come up with, what sort of lineup they will play, and does it make sense to take Andy Robertson or Trent Alexander-Arnold? My money's on Robertson this year. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. Free kicks are phenomenal. His ability to attack and put in crosses is second to none. But Andy Robertson can do almost the exact same thing. I think this year he's going to be a lot more involved and he will probably be on par with points with Trent Alexander-Arnold. So I don't think that you can go wrong necessarily with having either of them. I would say that having one of the two is almost a necessity at this point. If you do want to save a little bit of money, Andy Robertson will help you out. 
but we'll see. I have a suspicious feeling that Leeds can pull an upset in this game. I will knock on wood because I don't really like either team. I just want a good game. If I could, I'd have them both lose, but I don't think the game works like that. <laughs> Next, West Ham versus Newcastle. We'll talk about this one quickly. I think West Ham has a great option for your lineup in the form of Mikel Antonio. He started the restart so strong and scored so many goals. He was mainly responsible for every good thing that came out of West Ham until the end of last season. I think he is a very, very good option to have. He is someone to definitely look closely at. And if he does something good against Newcastle, it might be worth putting him in your squad permanently. Okay, let's move on to Sunday, where we have two games, West Brom versus Leicester and Everton versus Spurs. Starting with Everton versus Spurs, I think Everton is a team to watch. It might be a great option to have players from Everton in your fantasy Premier League team. Everton, I think, is going to finish a lot higher than people might think. I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to be pushing for Europa League places this year. Carlo Ancelotti is a brilliant manager. No matter what you think about his last couple managerial positions, he still has it in him as a tactician and a man manager to get the best out of his players, especially with the acquisition of James Rodriguez from Real Madrid. I think it's not quite the time to put James Rodriguez into your starting lineup. We don't know if he will start game week one. I think that he might, but there might be some lingering doubts about his match fitness, but we'll keep an eye on it. I think it's a great one to watch and make sure that whoever from Everton starts to play well, you want to make sure you get some sort of Everton coverage in your squad. I think Richarlison will continue his strong form. Him and Calvert-Lewin up top have proven themselves as a good duo, and they might give Spurs a lot of trouble. Spurs, on the other hand, haven't made really any signings, and their big thing is going to be making sure that Harry Kane stays fit. If Harry Kane stays fit, he is an incredible option. He has been Mr. Consistent during his time in the Premier League. Averaging almost 20 goals a season going back to 2014-15. His price has dropped a little bit, which makes him a more viable option than in the past. If he stays fit, I think he would be a great option to have as a premium forward. Although in general, I think this year is the year of the midfielder. So you can go one of two ways. You can choose to have one premium forward and the rest be low budget and people that you just might rotate. You might only start with one up top. Or you can go with all budget forwards, which is the route that I'm choosing to take because I think collectively they will equal whatever some of the premium options might give you. Speaking of some other premium options, if we move over to Leicester and West Brom, Jamie Vardy, 
always somebody that you need to have in the conversation. He is an incredibly consistent forward, most likely going to stay with Leicester for the entirety of his career. I honestly think he will retire there. He seems to just get better and better. He's not slowing down in any way. He always puts up high goal-scoring seasons, always pops up with a few assists as well, and people shouldn't forget, they were in the Champions League places for 99% of last season. A couple unfortunate fixtures meant that they missed out on the Champions League this year, but that might only help them. Having the Europa League, it could be something that impacts their season. They might have a little bit more stress, a few more games that they have to play, but we'll see. Brendan Rodgers might rotate the squad and give Jamie Vardy the floor for the Premier League and make sure that he is fresh and raring to go, especially as he gets older. He's going to need to be managed a little bit more consistently, but I think he will get game time. As always, he's he's a guaranteed starter, and he will score at least 15 to 20 goals this season. Always a great pick, but coming in at 10 million, he is definitely at the top of the budget. I don't think that West Brom will offer too much. We might see a few good things out of them, but my money is on them to go back down again immediately this year, which is unfortunate. But such is the rules of the game. Most times when people come out of the championship, it is a vicious cycle where they come up, immediately go back down. But we'll see. You never know. Everybody said that about Sheffield United last year, and they turned into a very, very strong team and ended up finishing in the top half of the table. Who saw that coming? Speaking on Sheffield United, we have them against Wolves on Monday, as well as Chelsea against Brighton. The marquee game of Monday do not get this confused, is absolutely Chelsea versus Brighton. Will we see Timo Werner? Will we see Kai Havertz? Will we see any of the new signings that Chelsea made? We will have to wait and see. At this point, I do not have any Chelsea assets in my team. I think we need to see what Frank Lampard does, what kind of squad he is going to put out before we can actually put them into your squad. The worst thing that you can do in Fantasy Premier League is to get off on the wrong foot. You always want to maximize your points in the first week. You want to go with guaranteed starters. You want to make sure that you have a strong showing and max out on points, which is another reason why you should probably shy away from Manchester United options right now for no other reason than there is a blank game week one for them. So if you have United options in your starting lineup, you will not be getting any points doesn't mean that you shouldn't have them in your squad. It just means you might have to make some transfers. For Chelsea, though, I think there are a few things to keep an eye on. What is going to happen with them defensively? Who's going to start? What is Frank Lampard going to do in his first game? As Piliqueta, loyal servant to Chelsea, has been in the starting lineup consistently, and he always gives consistent returns. One to keep an eye on who I've had in my squad up until today and have recently gotten rid of, is Ben Chilwell. If you look at him, he has a heel injury with an unknown return date. That, for me, means that I will not be including him in game week one. I think he will flourish at Chelsea, though. Do not get me wrong. And he will be a consistent point getter. 
although until I know exactly when he will be in the lineup and playing consistently, I will not add him. I think Chelsea has some great things going for them. Their midfield is starting to get a little cluttered, though. This is why I would, again, encourage people to shy away from having too many assets from Chelsea in their starting lineup. Mason Mount had an incredible season. Kristen Pulisic had a great season. Jorginho, eh. (laughs) Still a decent season. But on top of those three, you have... Mateo Kovacic, you have Ross Barkley, N'Golo Kante, Hudson Adoy, Loftus Cheek, and now you have the additions of Hakim Ziyech and Kai Havertz. Where are they all going to play? You can only have 11 players on the field. There is no way that they all fit into a lineup. I would assume there will be a lot of rotation on the mind of Frank Lampard when it comes to this season. So until I know that there is one person that is nailed down completely, I am staying far away from Chelsea assets. In terms of forwards, you may find some luck in Timo Werner. I don't see any reason why he would not be a consistent starter from game week one. Chelsea spent a lot of money on him, and it seems like if they spend a lot of money on them, they're going to play. Olivier Giroud will probably continue his role off the bench, and then we'll have to keep an eye on Tammy Abraham because he did perform very, very well last season although most of his goals only came against lower half opposition. If you look at Chelsea's schedule to start, they do start off against Brighton. That is the type of team that Tammy Abraham thrives against. And then they go to Liverpool in the second week. So it might not be something that he does super well with. After that, though, they do have a pretty clear run of fixtures. So Tammy Abraham at $7.5 might not be the worst option. We will definitely keep an eye on it, though. For Sheffield United and Wolves, I think Sheffield United have made a lot of good acquisitions over the summer. They're one of the teams that do it right. They're one of the teams that people say you shouldn't be modeled after. A lot of times, people in the Premier League like to go after big-name signings, usually from abroad, and it's a marquee thing that people will spend money out of their pocket to come see, but in the In the case of Sheffield United, they have a predominantly English, Scottish, Welsh, homegrown talent pool. They don't have very many foreign players at all. You can see with their newest pickups from Derby County, Bogle and Lowe. I don't know how much of that they're going to be starting. I think that they had a very good formula, and Chris Wilder put out the strongest teams that he possibly could last season. I think one of the best acquisitions of the summer has been Oliver Burke for Sheffield United. I think he gets a lot of game time. The last time that he was in the Premier League, he did not perform very well at all. But if you would look at his time abroad at RB Leipzig, he lit that league up. He did incredibly well. He's still young. He's incredibly pacey and fast, and he will end up putting in a lot of assists and hopefully bagging a few goals for them. I speak this optimistically because I do have him in my team, so I want him to do well, but we will see. I think that Chris Wilder has done an incredible job. I think that he was second in the manager of the year voting for a reason. Picking up Chris uh, Aaron Ramsdale in the offseason was another great move. I think he is a keeper that you should have your eye on. I personally have him as my starting goalkeeper. When it comes to fantasy Premier League, 
the best thing to do is choose a low-priced goalkeeper for a team that will face a lot of shots but still has solid defensive stability. That is exactly the case for Sheffield United. Last season, Sheffield United had one of the strongest defenses in the Premier League. Dean Henderson, even though he was on loan from Manchester United, performed phenomenally. He saved a lot of goals, a few penalties, and helped Sheffield United to the top of the table and keep a lot of clean sheets when people had them pegged to go down from day one. I think Oliver McBurney will have a great season this year now that he has some experience in the Premier League. He has a full season under his belt. I would keep an eye out on him because he is a traditional center forward. He is big, he is tall, and any crosses that come into the box will most likely be colliding with his head. I hope that Billy Sharp stays active. I don't see him being used very much, and at $6 million, he is not an option that I would take. I think he's a little bit pricey and will not play as much as Sheffield United fans would like. I think another great option is going to be John Lundstrom. John Lundstrom was the surprise of the season last year, for me at least. He popped up out of nowhere, having never had Premier League experience. He showed up, got five goals, four assists, 144 points, and he played a lot. He popped up always with goals. He was getting clean sheet bonuses. He was getting goals. He was getting assists. And he ended up on 144 points when his price tag was insanely low. It seems that the game has not picked up on this too much. And at 5.5 million for a midfield option, he is not a bad choice. I don't know if he will be able to repeat this, but I definitely think he will be getting consistent game time. And if you want someone playing week in and week out, he might be the man for you. So now let's walk through my team. I think my team can give you some insight if you are a new fantasy Premier League player, or even if you're a veteran, I think my team can provide a nice template for you to use to set up nicely for this season and hopefully get the best return for the investment of the players that you are choosing. Let's start off with goalkeepers. Goalkeepers are always hotly contested because it's either one of two things. You choose a goalie that is a high-priced option that plays for a top four club, and you know they're going to get you clean sheets. You know they are going to get you consistent points. The other option is to choose a goalie that is traditionally a lower-priced option that is going to face a lot of shots and make a lot of saves. Those people end up being Nick Pope. If you look at Nick Pope from last season, he ended up topping the charts in points for all goalkeepers playing for Burnley. Burnley is a decently solid side. They keep a lot of clean sheets. They pride themselves on defensive stability because Sean Dyche knows that they will not have anything else other than to defend. In this vein, I like to choose goalies that are low priced. In my case, I've chosen Aaron Ramsdale as my starting goalkeeper. 
I think that Sheffield United is going to continue to be solid defensively. I think that they will face a lot of shots because they do not have the same caliber players as a lot of the rest of the league. I think that Ramsdale proved himself very, very well last year, and he saved a lot of shots. He also kept a lot of clean sheets for a not-so-good Bournemouth side. With Sheffield United, he's going to walk into a club that already has great defenders for the team that they're on, and he'll continue to perform as well as he did last year. That's the reason that I've chosen him as my starting goalkeeper. At $5 million, I think that he is a bargain. To go aside him, I have David Martin from West Ham, who is a 4.0 million priced option, and he's probably not going to play. And that is absolutely fine. For me, goalkeepers are set and forget. I will have Aaron Ramsdale in my squad, and he will start all 38 weeks of the season. There are other options. You could choose to go 4.5 million and 4.5 million for both of your goalkeeping options and rotate them. For me, if you are someone that is not playing the game and following as closely as you should for fantasy, then it might be hard to keep up with all of the schedules and know who is going to be the best option against which team. There are going to be times where I wish I did not have Aaron Ramsdale as my starting goalkeeper, but that is okay because I will stick by him and I have faith. He ended up with 126 points last season, which is a great return for a goalkeeper. He had one assist even. He has great distribution. He's a good passer of the ball. He has great shot-stopping abilities, and he is a good penalty saver. I think he'll be a good option, and that is why I'm putting him as my starting keeper for this season. Moving into my defense, a lot of friends that I play Fantasy Premier League with have told me that I've spent too much money on my defense. And to that, I say they're probably right. I think that I could have spent less money on defense and put more money into my midfield and striking options because those are more likely to get me returns. But in the world of soccer, everything is unpredictable. Any team can beat another team on any given day. So I went with what made me feel comfortable, and I would advise that you do the same. I have a $4 million option that will always be sitting on the bench because you want to evenly disperse your talent across your back line as best you can. My $4 million option, I have Bernardo from Brighton. If you look last year, he had 21 points. He didn't play a lot of minutes, and that is okay. I do not anticipate him being in my starting lineup very often, if at all. He is someone I needed to fill a space, and he will likely stay on my bench. On the other hand, I like to choose four very solid defensive options that I know I can rotate, because that gives me a lot of flexibility on the formations that I choose to play week in and week out. Some game weeks, if somebody has a less than favorable matchup, I'll play with three at the back. If I'm confident that most of my defenders have easy fixtures, at least on paper, I will start with four at the back because that way I know that I can potentially maximize my points returns. The first person that I am choosing to start in my game week one is Sayunchu from Leicester City. He came out of nowhere last season 
and he really filled the void that Harry Maguire left behind. He looks incredible. He had 12 clean sheets, one goal, one assist. I think he can build on that. I think he is definitely an option that you should look for. At $5.5 it is a great potential source of points. I think that Leicester will continue to have a solid campaign. Brendan Rodgers is still a good manager, and they didn't lose too many players. They didn't sign too many players either, but they will have another solid campaign, and you can expect them to finish in the top half. Alongside Sayunchu, I have Andy Robertson. I think that Andy Robertson is a great value option, even at $7 million, which is considered a premium price defender. He will put up consistent numbers, just like his counterpart in Trent Alexander-Arnold. He can put in incredible crosses. He attacks a lot. And the way that Liverpool plays so fluidly, he's going to continue to pop up with goals and assists out of any potential possibility, any attack, every game, he is a threat. People still fear playing Liverpool, and I can understand why. If you look at Liverpool's fixtures to start the season, the hardest fixture that they have is game week two against Chelsea. Other than that, they're playing Leeds, Aston Villa, Everton, Sheffield United, West Ham. All of these could be clean sheets. You could get a lot of points out of Andy Robertson or any Liverpool defender that you choose to go with. I also have Harry Maguire next to him. Harry Maguire is only priced at $5.5 I think that Harry Maguire has improved United's defense immensely. He has been such a solid pickup. He's been a leader that the team has been crying out for for a long time. He is reminiscent in some ways of Nemanja Vidic and Rio Ferdinand. He needs another center back partner. The jury is still out on Lindelof. I am not entirely convinced by him, but Harry Maguire is solid. He's got great distribution. He knows how to pass. He is a leader from the back. If you look at United's schedule, the toughest game that they play is Manchester City, and that is not until December. Their first 11 games could potentially be 11 clean sheets. Knowing Manchester United, that is almost certain to not happen, but... I am hopefully optimistic. He also, I think, has a chance to improve this season with his goal scoring. I think that he will get on the end of a lot more crosses. He does play in the opposition box a lot, and he will end up scoring more than he did last season. It took him a while to get off the mark, but I would hopefully say that he will improve on his one goal return that he had last season. Also, do not forget he played every single minute of every single game last Premier League season. I don't think there's any reason to think that he will not do it again. He's incredibly healthy, he is not injury prone, and he will be in the lineup week in and week out. To round out my defensive backline, I have Connor Cody from Wolves. Someone that I'm going back and forth on, including, I know he had some problems with injury last season, he was out of the side a tiny bit, but he is still a leader, he is the captain, and he is a great asset to have. Wolves put up 13 clean sheets last year, which is not a bad return. Any defender that breaks over the 100-point mark in fantasy, I think, is a solid choice to have. I don't have too much more of an exclamation explanation for Connor Cody, but 
he is still a good choice in my opinion. Moving on to midfield, this is where I've had the most difficulty choosing players. This season they've added Aubameyang, they've added Rashford, they've added a couple people that are traditionally strikers and moved them into a midfield slot, which gives us a lot more flexibility on who we choose. So to start off my midfield lineup, I have Pierre-Amerc Aubameyang. He's priced at $12 million, incredibly high price, but as a midfielder, I think that bodes very well for consistent point returns. Last year, he put up 205 points, scoring 22 goals and weighing in with five assists. Very, very, very strong numbers. I think that he's someone that you should have in your squad because he is always going to do well. And if you look at Arsenal's season, starting off with Fulham and then the second game at West Ham, there is a lot of possibility for him to put up strong numbers. I think at least for the beginning of the season, he is a great contender to have in your starting lineup and potentially put your captain on. Apart from Aubameyang, I have Marcus Rashford. There is a huge debate right now within the fantasy Premier League community, the Manchester United community, and anybody that enjoys playing this game online about who to pick. Should it be Marcus Rashford? Should it be Bruno Fernandes? Or should it be Anthony Martial? Martial is up top, and Bruno and Rashford are both in the midfield. Since Bruno came in in January, he's done incredible. I would go so far as to say that he transformed Manchester United into a somewhat force, and people should definitely keep an eye on him. I don't know if he will repeat, but I think that he brings another dimension to the entire squad and weighs in with goals and assists. He's not afraid to shoot from range. He takes penalties. He takes free kicks. He has a lot of options. I think that Rashford is going to have a great season this year, and I think that having him as a midfield option, he drifts forward more often than he plays in midfield. So I think he'll weigh in with more goals and be more on par with Anthony Martial, who plays as a striker. Therefore, I'm going to give the nod to Rashford in my midfield and start with him. I think that if he capitalizes on what happened last season, where he finished with 17 goals and eight assists, he will definitely be an asset you want to hold on to and have in your squad, especially in the eyes of the game being a midfielder. He's going to always supply assists to people if he's playing out on the wing, and he will score goals. There is no question about that. My other two options in midfield have been lower-priced options. I'm going purely on potential for this next one, and that's Alan St. Maximin at Newcastle. If you've ever watched a Newcastle game, he is one of the most exciting players that I have ever seen. He has zero fear approaching players, taking them on, doing skill moves, and taking shots. I think that with a full season under his belt, he will come back better than last year, and he will put up better numbers than last year. He ended up with 92 points last season, three goals, and five assists. I think with him starting week in and week out, him and Miguel Almiron, at Newcastle will form a very solid relationship and he will end up putting up 
higher points numbers than he did last year. This one is purely speculative, but I think there is real potential there. And if you look at Newcastle's schedule, they start off very strong as well. West Ham first, Brighton second. They have a little bit of a dip, but from game week six to game week 14, they have quote unquote easy fixtures. And I think he could really do some great things in that time. I also have Ollie Burke. Ollie Burke is my $4.5 million option from Sheffield United. He is more than likely going to be rotated with other midfielders that I have, but I think he has a lot of potential. He's done great things when he played in Germany. He's shown us little glimpses of what he can do when he played at West Brom the last time he was in the Premier League in 2017 and 18. But I'm not entirely convinced. I think that he's found a good fit at Sheffield United. I think that Chris Wilder will do good things with him. I just need to see if he will be starting and starting consistently. My last option in midfield is Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez for me has been a headache, and I'm sure it has been a headache for anybody else that has owned Riyad Mahrez in the past. When he was at Leicester, he was an undroppable option. You needed him in your lineup. You needed to have the captain on him. Since he's gone to Manchester City, he's find he's found game time a little harder to come by. He hasn't been in the lineup. Guardiola hasn't given as much faith in him as he had at Leicester. But still, last year he ended up with 11 goals and 14 assists, only playing 1,900 minutes of football. That is insane. I think that this year he has a better chance to start. I think that Manchester City is going through somewhat of a rebuilding phase. I think that if you're looking for an option other than Kevin De Bruyne, and you want somebody that is going to give you consistent points, you might have to be okay with somebody missing a game week or two, and that is going to be Riyad Mahrez. Pep is known for rotating his squad. Even Kevin De Bruyne is not immune from it. There will be games, weeks that he does not play. There will be weeks that Riyad Mahrez does not play. This will give me a heart attack at some point. I am sure of it. But Riyad Mahrez is still an incredible option, popping up with double-digit goals and assists last season without even playing 2,000 minutes is no small feat. For me, it was between Mahrez and Youngmin Son. I think that Manchester City is all around a better team, and I think that they will have better goal-scoring opportunities, and Mahrez will give me the better return. That is the reason I'm going with him. Although it was a very, very tough decision to keep him and not put De Bruyne in, but De Bruyne is too expensive for my team, and I cannot afford him right now. Lastly, my forward line. Like I mentioned earlier, I think forwards are something that we can use for budget picks this season. I don't have any forwards in my team that cost me more than $9 million. I am choosing three budget forwards that I know will get consistent game time, and therefore I will probably get consistent returns from them. Firstly, at $6 million, I have Alexander Mitrovic. Last time that he was in the Premier League, he defied all the odds, and he scored a decent amount of goals. He was here in 2018-19, scored 11 goals, had four assists. That is not too bad. 
He played over 3,000 minutes, which means he was in the team very, very consistently. I think that as a physical forward and somebody that likes to get in the opposition box, he will likely have some decent returns. That is why I'm putting him in my lineup. He is going to be a budget pick for me. Aside from Mitrovic, I have Raul Jimenez from Wolves. I think that he is starting to come into his own in the Wolves squad. Wolves has done nothing but improve ever since they've got into the Premier League. I think that Jimenez and Adama Traore have an incredible link and that those two will combine for a lot of goals and assists this season. Last season, Jimenez had 17 goals and 7 assists, and he played almost every minute of the Premier League season. On top of all the clean sheets from Wolves, he always had consistent points returns. I think that without European football and nothing that is going to take away from his league form, he will be putting up numbers, and he's definitely one to have in your team. Lastly, from my final spot in my forward line, I am hopping on the Danny Ings train, and I hope you will too. Danny Ings, ever since he was back at Burnley, looked like he could be something special, ended up getting hurt way too much for anyone's liking. His time at Liverpool was not fun. He was a terrible asset to have in Fantasy Premier League. But now that he's gone to Southampton, he looks like a rejuvenated individual. It looks like his injuries might be finally behind him, and he can push on and be that striker that everybody wishes he would be. He finished with 22 goals and two assists last season and played almost 3,000 minutes. If he can stay healthy, he will put up numbers. Southampton has a very favorable start to the season, starting with Crystal Palace. I think he can do something very good this year. I think you can keep an eye out for him to top the Golden Boot charts again this season, and I am going to stick with him. And most importantly... If you like this squad, realize that you need to stick with your options. Always at the beginning of the season, let things play out. Get a game week or two in under your belt before you start going crazy and messing with your chips. And we'll talk about chips in a few minutes here. All right, let's talk about some chips. Some of the options that you have this season, just looking at the Fantasy Premier League website and looking at your team once you have it already selected, you have your bench boost and you have your triple captain. I have no idea if the free hit is going to be applicable yet or when the wild cards will start to come into play, but bench boost is always going to be something that you want to look for good game weeks for every single player on your squad, even those people you have on your bench. That's why I advocate to have a very, very well-rounded squad. You want to make sure that even the players on your bench, even if they're not as expensive as the people that you have starting, will get consistent game time, or else your bench boost chip is not going to be that powerful. For me, I like to choose people that I know are going to play, and then I can find in my fixture lists when everyone has a favorable match week, and I will look for my bench boost. It is very typical with Fantasy Premier League to use your bench boost on double game weeks because you have two options for returns as opposed to one. 
your bench boost is always going to come in handy at some point. But remember, for those of you that are new to Fantasy Premier League, you will get another set of chips to play after the January transfer window has closed. So you want to make sure that at least you have all of your chips used before January. For me, I am not sure when I will use my bench boost. I can take a look. And I will always take a look at my fixture list to see if there are any double game weeks. But those will not become clear until the cups start to play out. We'll see what fixtures need to get rescheduled. Who is going to end up having blank game weeks? Who's going to have doubles? When are you going to use your bench boost? As of right now, it is something that you should keep in your back pocket until a later date. There is no need to go crazy with your chips. There is a strategy among fantasy Premier League players to use your chips almost immediately, which puts you at the top of your leaderboard because you're going to have more points than anybody just because you have more players on the field gaining potential points for you. I do not like that option. I like to kind of stay under the radar and use my chips effectively and get the most returns that I possibly can and have a giant game week that will catapult me up my leagues. You also have your triple captain. Triple captains are very, very tricky. You might think it's a good idea to put Aubameyang as your triple captain in game week one against Fulham, only for him to not start for some reason. You want to look and make sure that it makes the most sense. I do not think it is a smart idea personally to use your triple captain chip at the very beginning of the season, but you will find that there will be hundreds of thousands of people in fantasy Premier League that use the triple captain on someone at game week one because they want to be manager of the week. They want to be manager of the month and they want to be a number one fantasy Premier League player in all the world. I think that it makes the most sense to wait personally, and then you'll know what player is hot in the moment what player is giving you consistent returns what player should be worthy of getting your captain's armband for Aubameyang he might not play game week one I severely doubt that that's a possibility but you never know I would look at something that happens before January because you want to make sure you use your chips before the window closes as I mentioned earlier and find a game that it makes sense to put this on you might look at the fixture list for Arsenal and see that on the 28th of December, Arsenal plays Brighton. Brighton might be struggling and not scoring any goals. And Aubameyang might have just came off a tear where he is going insane, scoring at least a goal a game for five games in a row. Maybe it's a good time to put the triple captain on him then. Always do things when you are comfortable. If you would like to use your triple captain game week one, more power to you. I will not stop you, although I would advise against it. I think that you need to see how the season starts to play out and take your chance when it feels right to you. You might end up triple captaining somebody who ends up doing nothing or they get injured 15 minutes into the game. And trust me, I have been there. There is nothing worse than triple captaining Aguero and him getting subbed off 10 minutes into the game. I've been there. It's terrible. It happens. But 
such as the nature of fantasy premier league it frustrates us and that's why we play this game that we love so much thank you all so very much for tuning into the very first episode of the differential i hope that you all have a very very happy weekend watching your team play and hopefully watching your team win please tune in next week where we will cover all of the results from this weekend's action we will look at who is going to be the hot prospects moving forward who is catching your eye who is putting up those points that we are so desperately looking for in our fantasy premier league teams i hope to share with you how well my team did or didn't do And I hope that some of you will let me know how your teams did as well. Thank you again. See you next week.